Now on Radio Italia Uno, it's time to change the world with Matt McQuinley. The energy, the faith, the devotion which we bring to this endeavor will light our country and all who serve it. And the glow from that fire can truly light the world. We focus on changing the world for the better by taking personal responsibility, canceling cancel culture, discussing and listening to each other on topics like leadership, cultural trends, business, history, and more. Not because they are easy, but because they are hard. Right now on Radio Italia Uno, 87.6 FM. Obviously, there's nothing better in life than being a parent. I had no idea until it happened to me. You hear people say that and you think it's just some cheesy hallmark, something parents have to say, but it is true. The reality is there's nothing like it. Currently, though, one in six Australian couples struggle with fertility issues. Luckily, there are people like Simone Curitan who do their best to try to help others realize their dream of being a parent. Simone Curitan of Equal Justice Lawyers has a Bachelor of Law through the University of Adelaide. Her true passion lay with assisting injured workers and navigating the return-to-work system. But recently, she's generated a special interest in surrogacy law after carrying a child as a surrogate herself in 2018 and again in 2021. She has unique insights into the intricacies of surrogacy. And she dedicates time each day to giving free advice and servicing people and untangling all these problems that are associated with it. Simone, thank you for being on the show today. Thank you for having us. Uh, and we also have Min, who is going to be joining us here in just a little bit, who is uh, an intended parent. But uh, we're going to start out with you, Simone. Can you tell us a little bit about how you went from, I, I think you were a paralegal, and then you became an attorney, and then you... We're attorney in workplace law, and then and now you're in this super specialized niche of law here. And just tell us the whole hero's journey. I'm really intrigued by how this whole thing came together. Um, wow, it's a long story, but I'll keep it brief. I uh, you're not allowed to bill us by the hour, by the way, so you have to keep it brief. Um, straight out of school, I got a job as a rounds clerk, actually, working in a law firm and uh, doing all the running back and forth to court for the lawyers. So I had an early exposure to the legal profession. I uh, worked in numerous firms around Adelaide and in the UK as a secretary and paralegal uh, before deciding that it was something I wanted to take on myself. So I started studying. <laughs> And after five extremely stressful years, got my degree and was admitted and um, haven't looked back since. So do you come from a, par- a family of attorneys or you're... No, actually, I was the first one in my family to go to law uh, to law school and to university. Wow. So, yeah. so you pulled yourself up by your bootstraps, as it were. <laughs> it was something my dad had talked about for, well, my whole life, that he wanted me to be a lawyer. So he obviously saw something. Oh, wow. Hmm. What, what was his rationale for that? What was he? I, I you always probably. had a good argument when uh, he wanted you to do something? Or? I think that's probably the case. 
Yeah, definitely my arguing skills. All right. <laughs> and saying things with conviction. Okay. Well, that's awesome. So what, what was your dad? What did he do for a living? And what did your, your mom do uh, for a living? He was actually a credit manager of Radio Rentals for okay. about 35 years or something. Right. And your mom? Um, uh, my mum was probably the greatest mum in the world and um, dedicated her life to her family. Oh. And she did do some nursing and um, various other jobs over the years, but really her role was to be our mum. And you have children yourself as as I well. Do. How many do you have? I have two. I have a, a biological daughter and a stepdaughter. Okay. So how did you get into this whole surrogacy thing? I mean, it's it's not. I mean, how do you wake up and say, "Hey, I, I think I want to carry somebody else's child for nine months"? How does that whole thing yeah, play out? It's uh, it's probably not your everyday dream, but I heard uh, through a friend a story of a woman, her cousin, going through um, treatment, IVF treatment, mm-hmm. and this, you know, she would sort of update me whenever we caught up, and this went on for years. That this woman was attempting to have a family, um, unsuccessfully, unfortunately. But it just broke my heart listening to what she was going through. Uh, she eventually fell pregnant and unfortunately miscarried. Mm. And that just provoked something in me that, you know, I needed to fix that and help if I could. Um, it certainly wasn't an offer that was taken up. I didn't know it was surrogacy, I didn't know anything about legalities of it. Uh, it was just this overwhelming need to help her. Uh, I think I'd never had exposure to somebody wanting to have a child and not being able to. Mm. My family hadn't had any issues. Um, my mum used to joke that she would just think about getting pregnant and she would. Mm. So how, many, how many brothers and sisters did you have? I have two brothers and a sister. Okay. Mm. Um, so hearing this sort of traumatic story, heartbreaking story... Uh, it, it did sort of provoke something. And then at 26, I had my own daughter and had this, you know, blissful, easy textbook pregnancy, which I thoroughly enjoyed. But it was a little bit guilt-ridden that I could seemingly do it quite easily when this poor woman had really wanted it and hadn't been able to. So it probably provoked those thoughts again. Um, mm. But it's not the sort of thing that, like, I didn't know how to find somebody to carry for. Mm. Um, so it was sort of in my mind, and I did some research over the years, but I didn't know anybody that needed help uh, and didn't know how to go about it. And then by chance, when I was about 35-ish, I was talking to my gym instructor. I didn't know you were 35. <laughs> you don't look it. Oh, thank you. So. Um, and he mentioned that he had another client who was going through surrogacy, uh, and that lady, he put us in touch, and that lady generously gave me her time to explain about the process and introduced me to a uh, online community, uh, which I joined and went along to face-to-face catch-ups. And, it, you know, the rest is history. The gym instructor told you about it how long ago? Uh, I was uh, probably 10 years ago. Okay. Mm. So you were... A surrogate for the first time in 2018. So once you found were into that community, then you found somebody uh, about yeah. five years later yeah, to help that's out. That's right. Yeah. And so how did they find you? So were you actively looking for somebody to help? Oh, okay. Wow. Yeah. I joined the community for the purpose of meeting somebody that I could assist. Wow. Uh, and obviously, intended parents join for the same reasons to hopefully connect with the surrogate. 
um, and just for friendship and support. Um, you know, we know it's great for the kids coming born through surrogacy to be connected with other kids that understand that whole process. Wow. Um, so, yeah, it's a lovely community. Was the birth in 2018 or in 2019? The birth was in 2018. 2018. So, so the child's five now. Almost, yes. Almost five. Yes. Okay. And at this point, they don't know, they don't really know anything or understand anything about... No, she so. absolutely knows. Really? Yeah, yeah. She calls me Auntie Moan, and she knows that she grew in my tummy. Really? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, she's... In huh. fact, the two-year-old that I carried a couple of years later also knows that she grew in Mernie's tummy, she calls me. <laughs> hmm. Wow. Hmm. That's, uh, that's pretty intense. Yeah, it's it's amazing how accepting children are. Wow. I'm just wondering how you have that conversation. I guess you just say it like it's no big deal and it's no big deal. Yeah, absolutely. So I've always been in both the girls' lives. And um, in the first, with the first family, there was actually an egg donor involved as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, and she's also been in the child's life. Mm-hmm. Um, her parents were very invested in uh, ensuring that their daughter knew who we were and that we're part of their family Um, and we know it's in a child's best interest to understand their sort of genetic makeup and gestational history let's call it Mm -hmm. Um, so it it was just a normal conversation they've had right from the start wow Mm. well they say it takes a community and it definitely sounds like it in this case my goodness that's that child will always know how you know loved she is and how wanted she was because so many of us came together to have her yeah, that you almost want to wait. You almost want to be. You definitely want to be around when she's a teenager and yeah. she does the whole. You know, she does the whole. You don't let me, blah, blah, blah. dude. You are wanted. <laughs> it took a, it took everybody uh, an act of parliament. Uh, you know, this person, this person, this person, this person, this person for you to be here. Don't give us any of that. Now go to your room and clean it. I mean, it'd be so great. You know. Yeah. <laughs> I, 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 that'd be, I, I'd be waiting for that if I was the parent. I'd be like, come on, come on, hit me with it, hit me with it, come on. <laughs> but anyway, so we're going to take a quick break. We're going to be back with Simone here in just a little bit. And we're also going to talk to Min, who's an intended parent. We're going to talk about the legalities because it's kind of complicated. We're going to talk about uh, all the interactions between everybody as well as all the feelings because there's be a lot of feelings tied up in all this as well so a lot to get to we'll be back in just a little bit you're listening to change the world with matt mcquinley on radio italia uno 87.6 fm We're back with Simone Curitan of Equal Justice Lawyers and also Min, intended parent. Uh, in the last session, we talked about a lot, uh, Simone. I think everybody understands what surrogacy is, but if you can talk a little bit about that, what that is real briefly, and also how uh, who qualifies for surrogacy? How do they find out about it? How, what's the process? How can they utilize it? Can you sure. help uh, walk us through that a little bit? Yeah, so surrogacy is an arrangement whereby a person uh, carries a child for another person. Um, surrogacy in Australia is altruistic. Uh, that means that surrogates aren't paid for carrying the child. They do it for the love, I guess. Um Surrogates are entitled to their out-of-pocket expenses, but there's no um, gain out of it. 
You do have to be eligible. Uh, there needs to be either a social or a medical need for surrogacy and both gestational, which is um, where the surrogate doesn't have any genetic connection to the child. She just carries the child. And also traditional surrogacy, which is where the surrogate will donate her egg and also carry the child, both legal in Australia. Um, there is requirements for counselling and legal agreements um, and I'll let Lynn talk about that a bit more later because she has just been through it all. Mm. Let us talk to Min. She's had to be quiet for a while. <laughs> Tell us about your journey, why you decided to pursue surrogacy and and what it means to you. Yeah, yeah. so uh, about five years ago I was diagnosed with pulmonary hypertension, so it's a rare heart and lung condition. Um, and my cardiologist, uh, yeah, pretty quickly put surrogacy in my mind um, because with my condition, pregnancy and childbirth would be very dangerous. Um, so he he said, you know, it's a lot of news. Um, you know, you've got this chronic illness, but just with being, you know, in our 30s and he knew we didn't have a child, um, he said, yeah, let's look into surrogacy pretty quickly. And he was really supportive. Um, yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. And then, and so you and your, your partner's name is, uh, your husband, yeah. his name is Peter, <laughs> yeah. sorry. Uh, I almost said Philip. I knew he was an apostle. <laughs> I just didn't know which one. So, uh, so Peter, uh, and he said, okay, let's do that. And then how did, how did you get into it? How did it, um, what steps did you take? I mean. Yeah, it was, well, the beginning part, I don't know if it's for a, a lot of other straight couples, but firstly, I was just like, oh, this seems too hard, like. And then you even do, you know, you feel really guilty that you can't do this thing that's meant to be natural. And, you know, mm-hmm. um, as a teenager, you're told, you know, you're going to get pregnant by looking at each other. Mm-hmm. Um, so there was that whole part to deal with. And then there was even a, I don't know how serious I was, but I was like, oh, maybe we shouldn't be together. Like, you should be a dad. Like, you're not going to be able to do that with me. Um, so there was probably like a little, I don't know how long of that kind of going in your head until you do proper research on surrogacy and how doable it actually is. Because when you first hear about, you know, like we, I only knew about celebrities that have, you know, mm-hmm. have had kids this way, and not in Australia, mm-hmm. um, like in America, and you know, you see the reality shows, and yeah, they have surrogates and things like that. But I didn't know anyone; I hadn't heard anything, um, yeah, until I did proper research. Um, and it's really tricky googling it. There's not too much information too. So until I found the right groups to join, um, yeah, it was quite challenging. So I want to go back here for a second and see. <laughs> the, uh, the, I'm going to tread on some danger in some yeah. dangerous waters. I think that's a comfortable spot for you. So, <laughs> <laughs> but um, when you said you did the whole, oh, I don't know if you should be with me, Peter. <laughs> yeah, like a uh, yeah. yeah, like our wives are always testing us, man. <laughs> and Peter didn't fall for that for a second, huh? <laughs> Well, he was probably like, oh, I'm too old to get back out there. No, I think, yeah, it's, yeah, it was just a funny time in your relationship when you, you know, you plan to, you know, we did, we did everything kind of like we dated for a certain amount of time. We bought a house, we got a dog, we traveled, got mm-hmm. married. And then, you know, this is the next thing. Um, so, yeah, it was a funny thing to be like, oh, hang on. It's not going to be as easy as we thought. Mm. Was being a parent something that was super important to you? Was that something that you really... Yeah, yeah. I think if um, if I was kind of take it or leave it, it would be much easier. But mm-hmm. I was... Yeah, we both really, really wanted um, to be parents, to experience that in our life. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. 
And you're, are you planning on just having one, or are you planning on trying to go through surrogacy more than once? Oh, I, mean, I, I, I don't know. I think we'll just, we'll just yeah, we feel, we feel so grateful already just to have a surrogate, and, um, and she's pregnant at the moment. Oh, great. Yeah, so, How far along? Uh, she's 20 weeks. Okay. Mm. So do you guys, you go to, go to the appointments and yeah, stuff yeah, and very, see the, the, what's it called, the ultrasound? Yeah, yeah. And we just did that um, last week. Yeah, we were very involved, very involved. And she updates us and she, you know, when she felt the baby kick for the first time, she called us. Um, yeah, no, we're, yeah, she, she feels, um, she said this pregnancy isn't as stressful as when she had her son because she knows we're going to take care of it at the end and we're taking care of her now. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I... I, my name's Min, and I do do quite a bit of admin. <laughs> so, okay. like, so yeah, I do it. Yeah. So you've uh, I've already color co- coded uh, the all the all the uh, sheets and everything. <laughs> Not and quite that. You've far, got the no. you got the whole room set up already, <laughs> and no, I'm, uh, we're actually trying to sell a, a queen bed. That's our guest bed. If anyone wants it, it's on a marketplace right now. <laughs> so, <laughs> so once we get rid of that, it'll feel more like a baby room. Lucky it's after five, so the general manager's not here. He would have made me bill you for for an ad there. So you've you've had, you had the ultrasound. Did you do the little cheater test? Do you know if it's a boy oh, or yeah, a girl? Yeah, we do know. We do. Okay. Yep, yep. I always felt that was a little bit like opening a Chris, uh, Christmas present early, but I guess if that's what you want to do. Yeah. Is it a boy or a girl? Uh, we're having a boy. Awesome. <laughs> All right. Good stuff. And boys are easier, except on glassware and ceramic. <laughs> Simone, how does that feel? The The surrogate calls up when they're, the baby's kicking, and she says that the surrogate's not as worried about the pregnancy as if when it was her child. I mean, but you have this child growing inside you for nine months. I mean, I might look pregnant, but I'm not and never will be. But I, how do you, when it comes time to say goodbye, I mean, I guess it's not goodbye forever, but it must be a bit challenging. I mean, or, or am I yeah. missing something here? No, certainly some surrogates really struggle with the end. Uh, and it's not that they necessarily want to keep the baby, but they've just spent nine months growing this child and it there's a separation Mm. Uh, and there is an element of grief that comes with that Mm. um but i I think every surrogate will tell you they don't want they never wanted to keep the baby it's just a transition that they go through Uh, i was certainly very lucky and there are lucky surrogates as well that don't have any grief attached to it um, I always think it's because I wanted to do it for such a long time and it was something that was, you know, I, I appreciated that I was doing it for myself as much as I was to assist somebody else. Um, and so I probably went into it with a bit of a different mindset. And while I recognised that I loved the baby, both of them, um, I also couldn't wait to see my friends as parents and I got a lot of joy and pride out of that. So personally, you didn't have any any struggles with that? No, I was extremely lucky both times. Hmm. What's the situation uh, if the surrogate changes their mind and yeah, they decide yeah. they don't want to give it up? I mean, what, what happens there? Legally, that would be a matter that went before the family court and the court would decide what's in the best interests of the child. Hmm. Um, first and foremost. Have there been any, I mean, as an attorney, have you seen any cases like that? I mean, I'm not trying to scare the hell out of no. me. <laughs> Men's face went just absolutely, I mean. <laughs> no, no, I'm not scared. Well, if, I'm, I'm, not trying to, I'm not trying to scare you. I'm just saying, is, has there ever been a case like that? Unfortunately, there has been one. And then how did that get resolved? Um, it, 
the way that that played out was that the child was returned to uh, their parents. So the surrogate did not keep the child. Okay. Um, the court found that it was in the best interest of the child to be returned to its parents. Which is interesting because um, the surrogacy agreement in itself is a non-binding agreement um, other than the expenses. So men can never hold the agreement up and say, well, we've got an agreement. You said you'd hand over this child. Mm. Uh, the, the agreement in and of itself you know, is not a, not a binding agreement. It's mm. about what's in the child's best interest. Well, I guess, and if you, if from a judge's point of view, if they see these two people that are so committed that they're going to go to that lengths to have a child, they figure, well, they should treat the kid pretty well. Mm. I mean, he's probably going to be spoiled. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the chances of this child not being spoiled are pretty low. I mean, if if they go through all that to get the child in the yeah, first place, <laughs> I mean, I, I don't know. That's just the way I think. Maybe I, I'm, I'm wrong, but. Okay, well, we're going to be back in a little bit. We're going to talk some more about surrogacy and and uh, how people can live their dreams of being a parent with Simone and, and Min. You're listening to Change the World with Matt McQuinley on Radio Italia Uno, 87.6 FM. Min, in the last session, we you talked about your surrogate and that she's 20 weeks along and, and all that. Can you talk to us about how you found her and the whole process to, you know, from the beginning to how you got to where you are now and, and all the emotional ups and downs? I imagine this would be like a roller coaster, emotionally yeah, up and bit. down and up and down. And, we have a surrogate. No, we don't. You know, yeah. oh, you know, it'd be up and down and up and tell tell walk me walk us through the journey here, please. So when we found out we needed a surrogate, and then I did some research. Um, uh, we we talked about it with our friends and family for a little bit, and a couple of people did step up, um, but for different reasons, it just didn't work out. Um, yeah, it's not like asking somebody to help you move. No, no, <laughs> no. It takes longer than a day. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You can't pay them in pizza. Yeah. <laughs> you can't pay them in yeah. pizza. <laughs> no. So, um, there was a, you know, we spent a bit Although, of you know, that. if she is pregnant, she might want to be paid in pizza, and <laughs> yeah, pizza yeah, pickles, and ice cream at the yeah. same time or something. You never know. Yeah. Um, yeah, so we did that for a little bit. And then, so when we were like, okay, we need to... I didn't want to have to... Even though some of my friends I thought would be great... A great surrogate for us. I didn't want to be in that position to have to convince them or their partners to do this for us. Um, so I thought, okay, let's, you know, if you're a friends fan, like let's pivot. <laughs> um, we threw ourselves into the surrogacy community because um, I think the good thing, like, yes, you are strangers when you meet these people, but they already want to do this. Mm. The, the potential surrogates already have, you know, that part's already done. They they have decided they want to do this. They just need to find someone to do this for. Um, so we, yeah, just. It's really tricky, um, you know. It's yeah, we're just showing our personalities, um, yeah, just going to catch ups and just yeah, just waiting to connect with somebody. Um, yeah, so it took a bit of time, and there was a couple I, of people I, that message that yeah didn't work out. So yeah, I just want to say for a second, it just strikes me that, and, and Simone, I don't mean to embarrass you, but. <laughs> Uh, it just strikes me that there are people out there that are just sitting there going, gosh, I want to help these other yeah. people that I don't even know have a child. It's easy to be cynical nowadays because there's a lot of evidence that things aren't doing, going great in the world right now. But 
when you hear about people like that, it just makes you feel, gives you a lot of hope. I just want to say thanks, Simone. And you might be the first attorney that makes it to heaven. <laughs> so <laughs> hats off to you. Sorry to interrupt you, but I just had to say that because oh, yeah, I just it's just so cool that there are people sitting out there that that want to do that. No, it is it is very cool. And when you're in the group and you see, you know, um, people making connections or people doing announcements, um, it is very, you know, you get warm fuzzies. Like, mm. even, yeah. So it's very nice. Um, but yeah, we were in the community for a little while. I think I was seriously in it, like, May 2020. I think we did a proper introduction. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah. what do you have, like, a mixer or something? Or what are you going <laughs> out for pizza? I mean, how, do, how does this whole, you said this community, what do you have, like, your own hall? How do you, how do you, what do you, do? I mean... How does this work? We just organize coffees or we meet at a park and everyone brings a plate. Um, really? Yeah. So it's just like a picnic or something. Yeah, They're it just just depends like... on whoever's organizing it. We've gone lawn bowling. Okay. <laughs> um, you know. So, yeah, no, it's quite cool. Um, yeah, so we – yeah, she – I think she'd been – our surrogate, Jana, had been in the background for a little while. Um, and then uh, she reached out and messaged me October 2021. So by the time the baby's born – which is October this year, we would have known her and her family for two years. So the steps are, the doctor says, hey, you probably shouldn't get pregnant or yeah. you can't get pregnant yeah. or whatever. Yeah. Then the next step is... Yeah, so we also... Oh, before we... Oh, while kind of researching and just, yeah, figuring it all out, we Peter and I also created embryos. Uh -huh. So we went to the fertility clinic, um, did all those checks and balances, and then did all the injections, um, did a couple of cycles, uh -huh. put some embryos in the, the Those are your eggs? Yep, yep. Okay. So um, she'll be a gestational surrogate, mm -hmm. not a traditional one. So, um, yep, my eggs, Peter's sperm. Uh, and, we've, and then we ended up with four embryos. Um, mm -hmm. So they were frozen for a little while. Uh, and then, yeah, we just, just kept chipping away and just waiting. Okay. So you, you so the first step is you hurt you found out you can't. Then you mm -hmm. went and did the fertility yep. uh, procedures and, and made a couple embryos mm -hmm. with your own genetic material and his. Mm -hmm. Then you found the surrogate. Yep. And well, then she found us. Okay. She found yeah. you. <laughs> and then what legal hurdles? How does that whole process? Uh, well, not what at, are those steps? At, at the beginning it was just purely seeing friendship like how how mm -hmm. if we could naturally be friends um because I, I always put it like, oh, if it's something that like if you just kind of had to sit next to these people at a wedding or if you, you know, had to work at a place, like if you would just organically mm -hmm. kind of, yeah, connect and just be friends easily. Um, mm -hmm. So, yeah, she messaged us first. So we chatted for a little while and then I knew because I had talked to a couple of other potential surrogates before her. I knew, okay, with this time I don't want to spend too long just chatting like I want to meet just to see if, you know, this could work. Um, so then, so that was October, and then we had a dinner with her partner, Peter and I, her and her partner. Um, and yeah, we just talked for ages, and it was really fun, easy dinner. Um, so that was November, and then we just, yeah, just kept getting to know each other. And she offered pretty quickly, I think. So she offered us in March the following year. Um, but just because she offered it didn't mean we were going to, like some other some other groups, they gung-ho go into all the le legal bits, but we kind of waited a little bit and... We said, oh, okay, let's still get to know each other um, mm -hmm. and do all the mandatory things in between, like the counselling. So Peter and I need, need, needed individual sessions and a couple session. They and that's legally mandated. You have yep, to do counselling. Yep, yep. We've got to do that because, you know, she can't be forced to do this. She's got to, you know, mm -hmm. wanted to do this herself. And also just to um, make sure she's, you know, she understands what she's embarking on as well. Mm. Um, just like as Simone was mentioning before, some of the challenges for after the birth, like we call it the fourth trimester in this community, and it's a really big topic. 
um, so yeah, we did the counselling and then it was actually a really nice to call Simone <laughs> for me. It was a really, yeah, I was like, oh, will you be our lawyer? It was just, yeah, <laughs> it was really nice. And we do our legal agreement. <laughs> it was a really nice phone call for me to make as well. Um, and yeah, Janet also got her own lawyer. Um, so yeah, we both got advice and Simone drafted it up because the intended parents lawyer does the drafting of the mm-hmm. agreement. Um, and then, yeah, sent it to Jana's lawyer. They looked over it. And then in between, we were doing all the counselling because we also need to do one big group session. Mm. Um, and our counsellor wanted that to be face-to-face, so that took a bit of time to plan. Um, but, yeah, we got through it. Um, yeah. And are you apprehensive about this fourth trimester? What are the challenges that you need to overcome there? Yeah, so I guess we we got to create like a little bubble I guess like where we you know yes we're taking care of a newborn but we also are checking in on her regularly um and just yeah seeing what her hormones do mm-hmm. as well um but we're all pretty open about it so I don't think it's yeah I think even if it is challenging we're gonna all you know step up and do our bits all right mm. so uh what Simone have you what do you think about this fourth trimester what have you seen that's uh, I've that's, seen it all. <laughs> yeah. What do you um, find are the challenges and what are the... I think as a team, and, and we do tend to call ourselves a team, the surrogate and her partner, if she has one, and family, uh, and the intended parents and their new baby. Um, we, you know, we're all kind of looking out for each other. Uh, and and it's, it's, you don't know how you're going to feel. You don't know how you're going to feel as new parents. Um, and you don't know how you're going to feel as the surrogate that's just handed over a child. Um, I think there's challenges that come with parenting, and that's almost enough in itself to deal mm-hmm. with. Yet, you know, somebody like Min is going to have to now consider somebody else as well and mm. ensure that she's got access, for want of a better word, to having cuddles with the baby because, you know, often surrogates talk about that, giving them some peace if they're struggling a little bit, um, just to have a cuddle from time to time um yeah, it's it's an interesting time it is and we've also got a um private midwife like in our team i guess as well to help us with all of that and she has um like a schedule where she will yeah go to ours and also visit jenna after the birth as well under quite a number of times mm. um so yeah peter and i are not super people so we <laughs> we're very on board with hiring someone to just yeah help us with that too because we will be yeah sleep deprived and all of those lovely things um so yeah we definitely and we've also become really close to her partner and her family as well just so everyone can kind of help everyone out Mm. Hmm. well what does your family think about that I mean, how how does your like how do you present this to your mom or mm. your dad or well, when I first told brothers mom, and sisters yeah, that kind of thing? She was, I think, you know, just her little knowledge of surrogacy. She was just like, "Oh, how how do you know she'll give you the baby? Um, you know, how much do you have to pay her? You know, all those sort of questions. Very normal when you don't know anything about surrogacy. Because for me to get to where I'm, I've done lots of reading, lots of listening to podcasts, lots of you know watching things that people have put out, reading books. So. Um, you know, I don't, I don't mind a silly question. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but, yeah, so just reassuring our family that, yeah, like, Jana could have her own baby if she wanted to quite easily. She doesn't need to have to go through all of this vigorous counselling and, um, yeah, go to a fertility clinic and, you know, do all of this. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, I know this is radio, but I'm Asian <laughs> um, and she's Caucasian, so the baby will know <laughs> if she keeps it. <laughs> okay. <All right. laughs> that, 
Yeah, okay. they're not genetically related. Um, mm. So if she was to do that, I think she would have a lot of she would, yeah mm. a lot of questions. Um, yeah, no, and I'm a pretty go with the flow person. I think it would be more challenging to go through surrogacy as intended an intended parent if you had a problem with control or yeah, I think that would be very challenging. Oh wow, what cha- what other challenges have you seen uh, in, in with surrogacy? Um, uh, look, I, I think um, postnatal depression, which mm. is probably completely unrelated to surrogacy. It's it's purely um, something that, uh, you know, some women go through after childbirth. And that can be hugely challenging. Uh, there can be, I guess, a bit of resentment from the surrogate that she's going through this. Um, but I've also seen the the polar opposite where you know you're floating on the ceiling which was me (laughs) for months on end just seeing this beautiful family that you've made and uh, yeah there's a whole range of emotions that people go through Um, and I think every sort of scenario is different as well so um, family is often um, cousins or sisters might carry for their their family and that's probably looks quite different to a friendship that's been uh, deliberately built for surrogacy. Um, I think there, there's different challenges in in each scenario. Wow, a lot of lot of plates to spin there, but the <laughs> ultimate goal is worth the effort, <laughs> and uh, and and it has a happy ending, which is the great thing. So, and you haven't got a name yet. No, we've got. Uh, we think we do. Oh, we're not. Yeah, I don't know. Until yeah, until the baby's here. Yeah. Oh, okay. So you're waiting to see what the what he looks like. Yeah, I think so. I think so. Okay, and then inspiration will strike. <laughs> yeah, probably be nameless for a little while. Okay. All right. <laughs> well, we're going to be back in a little bit to wrap things up, and with some final thoughts here on surrogacy with men and uh, Simone of Equal Justice Lawyers. <laughs> anyway, we'll be right back. Listening to Change the World with Matt McQuinley on Radio Italia Uno, 87.6 FM. We're back with Simone from Equal Justice Lawyers and Men. And a couple quick things I'd like to talk about is what do you say, men, to women that are have just found out oh, that, that want to have a child but have found out that they can't? Uh, for whatever reason, is this something that they should be doing? I mean, I know it's right for you. Mm-hmm. What kind of woman is this for? Oh. What kind of family <laughs> is this for? Yeah, it's definitely doable. I think that's like whenever I felt, oh, gosh, it's so much work or who's going to want to do this for us. Um, you know, just I just kept chipping away and it is definitely worth it and I just feel we have now gained a whole other group of people that have loved on this kid before it was even here, mm. you know. So it's just such a nice feeling, like warm fuzzies, um, just such a longed-for child and just so much effort. And But it's all worth it, and I think there is a way to do it. Surrogacy is becoming more common in Australia, um, you know, and I'm usually quite, you know, private. I didn't tell a lot of my friends and family that I was unwell for a really long time. Um, but I just want to do this because I, I wish, you know, there were people talking about this when I was at the beginning of this journey. Um, so definitely worth it and, you know, it's, yeah, totally doable and it's, 
not the same as the celebrities you see doing it on reality <laughs> shows, but definitely there's, there's a path, there's a path. It's a long path, but there's a way to get there. So it's the road less traveled, but it's worth traveling. Yeah, and it's getting, you know, it's getting more common, so okay. come on, come on board. So it's the road getting more traveled. <laughs> yes. So, Simone, from your point of view, when she mentioned that this child's been loved on before it was born by so many people, uh, do you have an ongoing relationship? Do all the surrogates want an ongoing relationship? Some do, some don't. I mean, what's how does that whole thing play out? Yeah, it, it is interesting, actually. Not all surrogates do um, focus on that ongoing relationship. There's, It's probably more common that surrogates intend to have an ongoing relationship with their friends, that, that they're, you know... You, I remember the counsellor asking me during counselling, oh, Simone, how do you feel about seeing this child after it's born? And I said, well, I don't know. I don't know this child, but my friends will always be my friends. Um, it, it's a unique friendship. And, um, yes, I would say it's certainly more common. Uh, I have an ongoing relationship with both the families that I carried for. Uh, surrogacy is a sort of you know, distant memory. It's just a normal friendship maybe a bit closer than the average friendship um, mm. and you know we've shared something quite special uh, and I love that my intended mothers will ring me and brag about the kids to me uh, and they know that I'm just as proud as what what they are so it's certainly a nice you know we're family wow so uh <laughs> that's a that's a lot to take in. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> Definitely. That's 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 big 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 stuff. So, what's the one thing that you would like the listeners to carry away from our time here together? Uh, I think mine's a bit quick. <laughs> okay. <laughs> the thing that I would say to people is that it's a beautiful way to have a family. Um everybody involved is very invested in in this child. And uh, you need to embrace it and enjoy it because it's it's special. Mm. What about you, Min? What would you like any of the listeners to carry away yeah, from? Yeah, just um, you know, it is it because it's not common. It is hard to talk to your friends and family about it. But I feel these things are only as weird as you make them, um, and it will be our child's normal. <laughs> so it's yeah, we just got to keep talking about it um, and letting people know it's possible. And can you tell us uh, how they can, if there's anybody out there listening that's interested in being a surrogate or utilizing surrogacy to build a family, how they can get into this group you were talking about, Min? Um, so there are a couple of Facebook groups. So um, there's an SA one. What is that one? Surrogacy in South Australia. Yep, there's that one. Um, and then there's a Australia-wide group as well, um, Australian Surrogacy Community. Community. Yeah, AESC, yep. And that's on Facebook. Yeah. So you just put in surrogacy South Australia or surrogacy Australia and it'll just pop up. They're private groups. Though, so I think there are a couple of questions before you join because mm -hmm. just to protect everyone that's in the group because the people are sharing, you know, lots of things. Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. So just, um, yeah, so just a couple of questions and then you're in. And the SA group is really lovely, quite a small community, um, you know, a wealth of information, but also just um, just a place to to vent even or, yeah, it's really nice. And from a legal point of view, how do you, how, how, how can they learn about you, your services for surrogacy? Because uh, you, you need a lawyer to do it. So. You do need a lawyer. I'm also always happy to chat to people about, um, you know, what their steps are if they want to go down that path. 
uh, what my experience has been if they want more information about from a surrogate's point of view. Um, I'm at Equal Justice Lawyers and that's very easily Googleable. And <laughs> I'm, uh, uh, I do dedicate half my day to doing um, pro bono work. So I'm always happy to spend that time talking about surrogacy. Great. So equal equal justice lawyers, and you not only do surrogacy work, you also do work with um, work related injuries. I think yeah, you said yeah. okay. So uh, and we're not charging her for that commercial <laughs> either. Okay. All right. Well, I want to thank both of you ladies for being here today. It's been been awesome. I think that uh, we've went over a lot of issues and and given people things to think about maybe made a huge impact on some people who knows Mm -hmm. so thank you very much for coming i want to also thank our listeners of course for listening without you we don't have a show please tune in next week at 6 p.m for change the world with matt mcquinley and as always i'm going to leave you with a brief inspirational message as i was listening to simone and men i was reminded that in life things don't always go our way Things aren't always easy. One of the ways that we can be happy, that we can get what we want, and one of the things that successful people like Min and Simone do when faced with a challenge or adversity is they change the rules. Well over 2,000 years ago, Sun Tzu in The Art of War wrote that when your enemy wants you to attack, you retreat. And when your enemy expects you to retreat, you attack. You always choose the ground you want to fight on. You never let your enemy make that decision. In short, you make your own rules in life if you want to be successful. And this is something that I've seen over and over and over, and it applies to almost every aspect of life. I read years and years ago a story about Simmons Beauty Rest, which was the largest mattress manufacturer in the world for quite a while. And it's still a huge global business. At one time, though, they were facing bankruptcy in the United States. Their back was up against the wall. No one expected them to dig themselves out of the hole they were in. So what did they do? How did they get out of it? Well, they changed the rules. Some of you listening are old enough to remember that in the old days, everybody had mattresses that you could flip over. You could sleep on either side. It was just like rotating the tires on your car. You evened out the wear, so they lasted longer. Well, Simmons came up with the idea of the no-flip mattress and presented this as a great feature. You don't have to flip your mattress. This saves you all the hassle. It's wonderful. Well, the reality is they're selling you half the product and charging you the same price and keeping the extra money. You can't flip it. It's not going to last as long. So not only are they making more money on the first no-flip sale, they're making more money in the long run as people have to replace their mattress sooner. Another example comes to mind. Colonel Parker, who is Elvis's manager, at one point was very upset because the sales on all the Elvis paraphernalia was way down. So what did he do? He changed the rules. He sold the normal Elvis paraphernalia, and then he decided to start selling I Hate Elvis buttons. So he had both sides of the market. He changed the rules. Most people don't know this. One last example. Most people don't know this. Julius Caesar, the great general, 
the conqueror, the statesman, the member of the triumvirate, the dictator of Rome, and the person who founded the calendar that we still use over 2,000 years later was an epileptic. Now, in Roman politics, any sign of weakness could be literally fatal, a death sentence, as assassination was a regular occurrence. So how did Julius Caesar handle this? He changed the rules. Instead of a sign of weakness or poor health, Julius Caesar told everyone that when he had a seizure, that's when he was communicating with the gods, and his epileptic seizures added to his prestige and aura of power. What do we learn from people like Simone, Min, Elvis's manager, Simmons' beauty rest, Julius Caesar, and countless others? One thing we learn is if there are two kinds of people in the world and two kinds of people listening to this show. They're the kind of people that accept things the way they are, that give up when they face an obstacle, that are defeated. And then there are the kind of people that change the rules, that may be discouraged but are not defeated, that look for ways and reasons to succeed rather than fail that will find a way that will make a difference in their own life and perhaps even change the world for the better. My question is, as always, which one are you?